Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome back to Shared History Under the Kilt. Your new favourite Scottish history podcast. It better be. I'm Adam McNamara. And I'm Natalie Younger. And we're your hosts for today's historic journey. Right, let's get to it then, Natalie. What's under the kilt today? I have several monkey wrenches under my kilt. Is that not right? Is that not what I was supposed to bring? Right, just... just just promise me that these are going to get better. I, I mean, <laughs> no promises. I prepare nothing. Okay. I mean, there's jokes there about, like, you know, screwing nuts and stuff, but, mm-hmm. like... <laughs> yeah. You listen, well, you never you know... You never know, also, like, when you're going to need to fight someone, and you know that, like, scene in, like, an action film or, like, a fight sequence where, like, somebody just drops like a heavy ass pipe wrench out from their sleeve into their hand and then they're gonna like knock somebody's head in okay i've got another question have you ever worn a kilt (laughs) do you know how a kilt works (laughs) listen as a female who's never been granted the privilege of pockets uh i just tuck things that's gonna that's coming out worse than i intended yeah 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 i've worn kilts i don't know My point is, if you can carry, uh, like, a pipe wrench up your sleeve, surely you can, like, tuck one into, like, the band of, uh, I was going to say underwear, but I know the correct term for you is pants. Yeah, yeah. But a true Scotsman wears no. <laughs> well, then you tell me what's under the kilt, okay? Okay, okay. Well, today we have an amazing guest. It's a friend of mine from years ago. Um, he's an award-winning uh, Scottish writer and director and BAFTA-nominated producer. It is looking incredibly worried. <laughs> it's John Fairfield. Hi, John. Hello. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Under the Kilt. Yes, thank you very much. It's uh, lovely to be under the kilt. <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> we just get so friendly and cosy here under the kilt. It's yeah. the humidity's uh, <laughs> notable. Um, uh, you might say that it's moist. It's moist I, under the kilt. <laughs> my, this is obviously a spin-off show that you're you've got in the works. Moist under the kilt. Well, that was the first name we had. <laughs> so, how are you doing, John? How's things? Well, tell us. Tell us what you're up to. What you what, what's going on? I'm I'm good, man. I'm really good. Um, just kind of being uh, a dad really at the moment yeah uh, and you know assembling shoots and trampolines and just that's right just... i've been keeping tabs on your um your garden which is starting to look a little bit like neverland it's it's like it's like some kind of theme park now it's ridiculous <laughs> i've got I, honestly i've gone way over the fucking top um <laughs> 
it started off as me thinking, you know what, see that corner? I really don't like it. It's overgrown and I worry for my daughter's safety. I want to make it more safe. What do I do? I make it more fucking Universal Studios. <laughs> it, it took way longer than I thought it was going to. And I can't stop now. I just keep fucking assimilating more parts of the garden in order to make it more impressive. I'm pretty sure that soon I'm going to be knocking through my neighbor's fence, taking over that fucking patch of land, you know, so... <laughs> When your three-year-old, when your three-year-old's telling you to chill the fuck out, that's when you're going I know. too far. I know. I, I, I've never. We we bought this uh, a new house uh, just before uh, the pandemic, um, which was very lucky, and we're very grateful uh, for the luck that we had with it. So yeah, we we bought this place just before that, and uh, I've never had a garden of my own before. This is the first house with a garden we've had, and I cannot believe how much into gardening i am like i've i've yeah. i've fucking made a veg patch with like half whiskey bottles for all the veg in them and stuff and it's honestly I, i'm actually thinking about quitting filmmaking and just becoming a fucking gardener <laughs> make a film about it <laughs> the constant gardener too <laughs> just when you thought you knew the fucking plot curveball yeah you know that you can plant uh, vegetables in the ground. You don't have to plant them in half whiskey bottles. Well, that, right? that's that's a bit boring, really. Oh, okay, cool, I, mean, cool. <laughs> I could get the sword back now. He doesn't have to bend down that far. I, you know what? There's a factor there. There is actually a factor of truth there. <laughs> it's amazing. When I mean, I, sorry to uh, be very forward with you, Nat, uh, but may I ask your age? I'm thirty. Right, because you look mid twenties. Um, That's the nicest thing I've, I've looked like I was in my mid twenties since I was sixteen. So I'll take it. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you, I don't know what you've done to Benjamin Button yourself. It's all good, but um, it's uh, once you hit about thirty-five, it's almost like your body just gives you a little poke with a very sharp object, and from that point onward, all you can say to yourself is, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> everything gets sorer everything gets uh, what i mean it's bad i mean nothing good I'll, nothing I'll, good i more than trust you i've already had shoulder surgery and i've had a bad back since i was a child so i'll i i oh. it's it's all we're only going down over here that's nothing that's nothing so for for people for people listening uh john and i are uh are from dundee i uh, i i live in glasgow and uh, and John's still in. Uh, well, he's not in Dundee. He's just outside Dundee. But we met a long how many years ago. Long Forgan. Long I mean, Forgan. Yeah, Sorry. but I've 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 erased uh, the F from the sign. Well, when you enter Long Forgan, uh, I painted it out white. So now it says Long Organ. And you you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> just a. Anything to get to amuse yourself. It's been a boring lockdown, guys. Come on, give me a fucking break. <laughs> yeah. We're grasping at straws. Uh... And it just shows you that it doesn't matter how old you get or older you get, you're still a 15-year-old boy. Honestly, every day I drive past that sign and I go... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would too. I'm not going to lie. Um, how, how long have we known each other, Adam? Uh, I You came to audition for... A film I was going to be making, but then didn't make because it was ridiculously uh, ambitious, and I didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing at the time. At the time, and that's why it was ambitious because I had no fucking <laughs> idea what I was doing. Um, I'd, I'd I'd made a short film, my first ever short film as an amateur filmmaker back in two thousand and three, and it took me like two years to complete the damn thing. 
And in 2005, it had like a short run in the cinema in Dundee, and you know, it it, it was it made like 800 pounds at the box office. You know, it's like, wow, my film made 800 pounds at the box office. It's fucking amazing. How much of that did I get? 276. Holy shit! <laughs> Cash out check. With that drinks on me. Yeah. I felt like the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, so. After that, I I planned on making like a a feature length film, which was just outrageous. I mean, it was it was crazy the the, the scale of it. Um, and I just didn't have the expertise, you know. I didn't have the the, the um, experience or uh the resources really. But I actually did start it, and I and I held uh, open auditions. And Adam McNamara came through the door, yeah. and I gave him what was it? I gave you to read. It was this is spinal, spinal tap, tap. Yeah. yeah, um, and it was the the haberdashery, yeah, uh, and yeah, uh, that's right, yeah, and you left, and I know, I, I like she says this constantly. My wife Katrina, um, she was like, "He's brilliant," and I'm like, "You think?" <laughs> <laughs> well, and we've worked together, and we've been friends ever since. So tell me, what school did you go to, John? I went to St Saviour's High. And what was history like there? Um, history was very biased, you know, because it was a Catholic school. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything, um, like, uh, you know, everything was washed with a, an element of Catholicism. And, you know, uh, certain points in history were uh, changed. Alexander Graham Bell, you know, he, he had nothing to do with the telephone. You know, like that, was, that was all Jesus. Um, and... Uh, yeah, no, actually, history in, in high school, I, I fucking loved history in high school. Um, we studied, in my time in history that I recall anyway, we studied uh, the Russian Revolution, uh-huh. um, the, the Tsar and his family being murdered by uh, the uprising and, and uh, basically abolishing the monarch. Um, I loved that period in history. I thought it was absolutely fascinating. Uh, and we studied uh, the cholera epidemic, uh-huh. Um, which is just fun it's just fun for the family the cholera epidemic if you were looking to time. yeah i mean it sounds it, like shits and gigs a, a lot of i shits. mean it's shits a lot of shit <laughs> yeah if you're thinking about maybe a talking point around the dinner table you know like oh <laughs> hey guys what did you learn today well wait till i tell you so it's definitely one of those um but no i i really enjoy history it's funny outside of um arts or music or computing or yeah, you know, that's it. Um, <laughs> that was my favourite subject. Um, I mean, I've never looked at myself as an academic. Um, furthest from from it, you know. Uh, I, I I I was diagnosed with uh, dyslexia when I was in university. Um, but when I was in school, it was it was called laziness. Yeah. You know. So, um, I just I. I fucking hated maths. I hated English. It's funny, actually. I hated English, but I didn't really. I really actually enjoyed English because you got um, when you got the right teacher, and he would or she would introduce you to really cool stories. That sparked my interest. But you know, high school in the nineties, Adam. You know, yeah. the curriculum was just box ticking. I don't know what it's like now, but it it didn't it what it wasn't much better in America in the two thousands. Okay, no, yeah, you're younger than us. Okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, you asked. Uh, you you confirmed that I was younger than you. I was gonna save Adam, me roasting him. 
That's fine. Uh, I'm used to it now. I'm used to it now. Just for everyone at home uh, that can't see, Matt's wearing a badge with our name and age on it. So just. <laughs> yeah, you have to let people know. Uh, especially when your last name is legally younger. You just really got to rub that in you the got face to. of anyone you, you possibly can. Um, yeah. What types of stories, particular, did, did you like find yourself drawn to, whether in your biased history class or or that you do in filmmaking? Like what? Um, you know, when I, when I was growing up, uh, I, the first film I ever went to see at the cinema was in uh, uh, a year you weren't born. That um, it was uh, it was in nineteen eighty four. And it was my, my aunt took me to the cinema, first time I ever stepped foot in a cinema, uh, and she took me to see Ghostbusters. And it was just, I, I, I remember every detail of it. As a 42-year-old man, I still remember the smell of the cinema. I remember what it looked like. I remember how dark it was, even though it was before the film came on, so the lights in the actual cinema and the theatre were still kind of that dull lighting, but it seemed so dark. Um, this was 84 place reeked to smoke you know yeah you could still smoke in the cinemas um the the chairs were really kind of in desperate need of a clean because the upholstery was just if you parted it the dust would come off of it what cinema was this it was the canon mate and in, in the seagate oh yeah and that became the abc right ABC. or it was abc yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's right I, it was i think it was the abc then it was the canon then it was the abc um and then now it's a pub now it's a pub. The owner was, um, he suffered from um, indecision. Um, so, yeah. Um, but that was uh, that was the first film I ever went to see at the cinema. And from that moment, I was absolutely just bewitched. You know, I was mesmerised by the whole thing. Um, yeah. Ghostbusters, to this day, is my you know uh, third favourite film of all time. And um, I think from that point onward, my grandfather was a huge influence in my kind of upbringing when it comes to cinema. He would show me things like The African Queen, um, The Maltese Falcon, you know, the, the, these were these were like classics, like Laurel and Hardy, Buster Keaton, you know, like all of these amazing uh, writers and actors and filmmakers. And I grew up watching that, but then it wasn't until, um, it wasn't until my, well, I was probably about seven, seven or eight uh my mother used to let me watch uh horror films uh which were i mean probably no definitely it was definitely inappropriate yeah um, <laughs> dude i was raised on horror movies i think i think the majority of us were yeah i mean like yeah. i remember sitting at seven watching a nightmare on elm street you know and freddy krueger scaring the shit out of me but to to, to be fair to her <laughs> my mother's like what the fuck I tried watching Jurassic Park when I was like six. And I think it came out when I was six, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't hack it. And I was on a film set, I, or I was on a commercial set a couple of weeks ago that there was a six-year-old on, and he was talking about dinosaurs. And I was like, "Oh, have you ever seen Jurassic Park? Oh, never mind. You, you probably haven't." He's like, "I love those movies." And the six-year-old roasted me for the fact that when I was his age, I couldn't handle Jurassic Park. So oh my he was God. right. Yeah, uh I mean. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say he wasn't. I, yeah. I mean, I. I think to be fair to my mother, she would. She would actually explain to me. It's like that's fake. This. This isn't real. 
you know, that guy's arms behind, you know, whatever. So I, I kind of, you know, I was half watching the films. I was half listening to my mother's um, pre-director's commentary, director's commentary. You know, it was, <laughs> uh, it was, it was quite interesting to, to, you know, have that experience and information. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, like there, there was a huge mixture of influence. One of the one of the biggest influences that I, I grew up watching was uh, Twilight Zone. Oh, amazing. Um, oh, amazing. I love the Twilight Zone. Um, and and they, they, they really influenced my first film, The Helix. Yeah. Um, because to me, it was like, this is a little, this is, this is like a Twilight Zone episode, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think anything that I've written since then has always been influenced by these, you know, these self-contained stories, you know, um, and then you know, there's Black Mirror. You know, it, it, it's it's the continuation of the format. Um, which Adam was in an episode of Black Mirror. I, I don't was, know. If it, I honestly pinched myself the whole time. I was just like, I cannot believe I'm on that show. It's one of my favourite shows, and yeah. I'm now on it. I my my only disappointment was that I was set in an alternate time like this time but just an alternate universe it wasn't like set in the future which was kind of going because i love sci-fi <laughs> i was wanting to play with like you know gadgets and shit but like oh well <laughs> adam just wants toys yeah he does yeah. he's actually he's always been that way actually i remember when he came, i remember one of the first times he came up to my house he was like i love how technical your living room is <laughs> gadgety Gadgety, yeah. yeah it's like yeah. I think I think it was because I had a projector. <laughs> yeah, okay. It wasn't just the projector. I wasn't just like, wow, a projector. Wow, this is the future. I had like a solar-powered calculator sitting in the corner as well. <laughs> that was it. That blew my harnessing the power of the sun yeah. into a god, John. What is this witchcraft? Burn them. Yep. But, um, but John and I have got a lot. Well, that's in common as well because my nan used to, you know, she would come to my house with VHS uh, tapes from this uh, local video shop. Very hardcore um, stuff. <laughs> yeah, in lo- in Lochy, right? She'd come, she'd come round, and on the top of her bag, it'd be like comedies and family films. And then my mum would leave the house to go to work, and then my nan would literally just go. I'm just gonna smile at my sister and I, and then go to the bottom of this bag, and it would be like Blood Beach, <laughs> and like Evil Dead, <laughs> The Shining, and and my sister and I would be like, oh my god, oh my god, and um, but yeah, but my nan used to do exactly the same thing. She'd be like, you know what? Don't get scared because all these people are just pretending. They're all friends. This is like they're all remembering lines. They're not, this isn't real. And she used to say, that's tomato sauce, like tomato ketchup. Do you know, like when it was bl- when it was blood. Mm. So I was able to watch these horror movies disconnected from what was what was happening. In fact, it really made me interested in film. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, it does. It it makes you interested because it's it's um it's it's at that age especially. I think it's that element of hyper uh, reality escapism. Mm-hmm. It's not just the case that like you'd sit and watch a soap opera with your parents or something. Your mother would like be watching fucking neighbors or some shit and <laughs> and you're like all right and then and then you watch this hyper reality and you're like wow this is fucking interesting yeah although that's kind of creepy yeah. why has the guy got a glove with fucking knives on it you know like it, it, <laughs> i think i think as a child it just raises questions and you're you're searching for answers and you know unless you've got a really inappropriate and you know like laid back uh what's the word i'm looking for uh irresponsible adult 
you know, like you're never going to get the answers. <laughs> no. And luckily, my mother was that irresponsible adult. Yeah. I I do want to state for the record that it's I don't even have a problem with like the conceit of horror movies. It's not that somebody's got like knives on in their hands. I can't. It's so much worse than that. I can't handle any jump scares oh. at all. Like to the point that if there's a jump scare in like fucking Land Before Time <laughs> when Sharp when Sharptooth jumps out, I know it's coming. The music builds to it. I'm still going to jump three feet in the air. It takes a very, very little. I can't do it. I'll tell you, um, ordinarily, John, we don't know what our guests are going to talk about. But uh-huh. because, you know, we're quite pally and we've been talking about other things oh, anyway. Calm down, man, calm down. You've, you've, let me, you've let me in on a little kind of uh, insight into what you're going to talk about today, but Nat doesn't know. And, and, and incidentally... It, it goes along with everything that you've been kind of speaking about. I, yeah, I've been... That's that's what directing is. Um, <laughs> I've, I have uh, systematically been directing your show uh, without you Somebody knowing. needs to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How we uh, laughed and also cried at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is funny, actually, because um, that that's... Uh, that's very true. That's that's kind of leading into it. Um, no, um, yeah. So what I, what I wanted to talk about was um, it's a recent history, I suppose, compared to some histories. Um, okay. But it's to do with uh, a period in cinema. Although it is cinema, it was mostly down to home uh, cinema, home viewing, and it's called the video nasties. Okay. Uh, have you any experience with this nut? Uh, that sounds like the section of the video store that was behind the velvet curtain. We had beads. Oh, you had beads. So you could like sneak a little peek. You could, Because yeah. you could see you through the of, beads. You can kind of make it out. I think, I think that those beads... You can see beads, half of a nipple. What, more, more so, the beads were there because they made such a fucking noise. You could always be like, oh, somebody's going in. <laughs> They're shame beads. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, shame beads. We should get that absolutely <laughs> copywritten and yeah. uh, should, just We're making a movie. They just they just made it a rosary beads like that. So you, could, like, <laughs> you, could, you could let you just do a little pra- you could just make a little prayer oh, while you're, while uh, you're sneaking. One hail, Those are shame beads. <laughs> one hail Mary per porno, yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. God, you know what I I I genuinely have this urge to just open a fucking video store just to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, um, it's a very lucrative business these days. Yeah, so. I don't Shame. care. I don't Shame. care. Adam, you, you know me. You know when I get something in my head, this is happening. <laughs> you know, he's got his pen in his hand. He's fucking yeah. taking notes. Uh, fucking... Um, but yeah, the video nasty. So I, I don't know what happened with you, Nat, but there was uh, in America, but there was a time when all the politicians, mainly kind of Tory politicians, blamed these films uh, for bad crimes. Is that right, John? Yeah, um, it, it kind of came about when... Um, so, right, so the VHS, um, the, the VHS and Betamax uh, battles, the, the, the war of the, the home video recorder, it was won out by VHS, which was... It, it it was so much more of a, a, a 
uh, an inferior format than Betamax ever was. Betamax was fucking awesome. I mean, it should have yeah. been the, the standard format. But VHS won uh, because of one industry alone, uh, which determined what the format standard was going to be, and that was the porno industry. Okay. So, and and that was the same for uh, Blu-ray and and HD DVD, as far as I'm aware. Um, I, I just love the fact that porn dictates everyone's life without <laughs> them knowing. I, I I love this. I love the thought that the like clergymen are like, oh, porn, don't touch it. <laughs> really. Um. So. <laughs> Lies. You kind of do. Um. <laughs> So yeah, the uh, the the war was over. VHS was the standard format, and when the video recorders hit Britain, uh, they were like five hundred. I think I think it was five hundred pounds or thereabout to to buy one. Now, like nineteen eighty one, nineteen eighty two, who the fuck had five hundred pounds to buy a video recorder? Yeah, especially in Britain. So there was actually stores. Do you remember Radio Rentals? Yeah, yeah. So you I can mean, hire like, them. You could hire them exactly. Yeah. So you would you would literally literally rent out a video recorder, uh, and people used to do that with televisions as well. They used to like rent their TVs. Yes. So that sparked a lot of interest when when they were able to actually rent them, and people started having the video recorders in the house. Now, when we had a video recorder, I mean, this thing was uh, my my parents had this. Um, it was like a fucking travel suitcase, you know. Like the, it was, a, it was a top loader, and the, the, you know what the really weird thing was? The play button was as big as my fucking hand, right? <laughs> the pause button was as big as the the, the nail on my pinky. I, I didn't understand the design. We can only go in one direction. We can't stop. <laughs> Every time we watch something, it's like the movie Speed. We can only go forward. <laughs> It's you know what it's 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 a good way to live you know let's face it it's 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 fine I just don't understand the aesthetic design of the the recorder at that point in time it's like how high were you people you know like, yeah the, it was bonkers wasn't it it really and was. when you hit when you hit eject again that was a tiny little button the eject button and then it's like it went through about fifteen gears for it the did. top to it was. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like ejecting a VHS in the early eighties was a violent fucking proposition. You know, it was noisy. I mean, I'll tell you, if you were actually up uh, as a teenage boy in the eighties trying to watch any kind of uh, hardcore porn, you know, your parents knew. You know, like fucking walls are walls are shaking. It's like he's just put a VHS in that recorder. And there's only one reason yeah. someone would do that. <laughs> that everything time. is about, everything it appears to be about just having an audible cue for your shame. Yes. <laughs> shame beads. That's what, that's what I'm taking away from this. Shame beads were big in, in Scotland in the household um, in the 80s as well. I had shame beads above my bed. Um, I had them on my window. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. I I had them just. Uh, it was like in case of emergency, pray here. You know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, what happened was with the VHS being so popular in the household, people were desperate for videos. They wanted they wanted titles, but there was so few titles available at the time because the big studios, the big names, weren't taking it seriously as a format. They were still pushing for the cinematic re-release of films. I mean, that's what happened more so at the time. You would yeah. have films that had been out years ago and they would re-release it in the cinema. So 
there weren't many ma mainstream titles that were coming out. So what then happened was you had all these small distributors and uh, production companies that were basically taking advantage of this, jumping on it. And obviously they didn't have big mainstream titles. So they started buying up as much content as possible, films that were already produced, already released at the cinema on a short run, or they probably weren't even released at the cinema. And they started releasing these. Now, to be fair, the vast majority of them were just buckets of shite. You know, like they were they were really horrible, less than B movie status films. You know, some of them were horribly bad. Yeah. Some of some of them were really, really clever and really good. But the I suppose, you know, like initially there wasn't much of an issue. Uh -huh. uh, but then your your conservative kind of uh, morality campaigners got a hold of it. And in the form of that, ended up being Mary Whitehouse. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Mary Whitehouse and that. She's, um... She was like TV police, wasn't she? She was, yeah. She was actually, she was a teacher originally. Uh -huh. um, very conservative, um, very anti-liberal you know like she made no bones about it i mean she she would have every woman in the kitchen every man in a job and every child you know wearing chain beads um like it, it was a horrible um thing to witness i'm sure for the people that were hugely affected by this and the people that were affected by it were um regular folk because there was no blockbuster you know there was no global video or anything like that um, all the video stores that started to open because it sparked such an interest uh, in home video recorders mm -hmm. were fa family run. Some people were actually uh, opening family video store businesses with their life savings, and um, and they were doing fine. They were doing great. You know, they had all these titles. People would come in, and you know, as I was saying, the, the films were fucking horrible in most cases. But the video art, the art was spectacular. I mean, yeah. some of the posters and the the cover art was. Uh, I, I mean, the, it, it didn't do the film any justice. You know, the, the, oh, the cover looks amazing. Film shite. <laughs> um, but uh, but what happened very quickly with um, uh, you know, I'm I'm giving a very kind of brief overview of this. Um, but Mary Whitehouse uh found uh, a shining knight in uh, an MP, a Tory, a Conservative MP, called Graham Bright. So, yeah, he, uh, he's actually on video now. He he started, like, spearheading this um, private member's bill, right, which all came to, came to effect in 1984, and the point of this was the Video Recordings Act of 1984. Now, he started that private member's bill, but it wasn't just about the bill. The biggest and the most interesting thing about this period in, in, in cinema history is they went after people's livelihoods. They went after people's freedoms. The Video Recordings Act wasn't in place yet. So basically, the point of all of this is there was no way to regulate VHS because it was so it was such a new format. They, they couldn't regulate it the way they could regulate cinema. And the regulation, or it's actually more so... Um, censorship at that point uh organization for that was the the bbfc the british board of censorship now after the video recordings act they changed that to from censorship to classification we are the british board of film classification 
the film you're about to watch has been censored to fuck for your less than viewing pleasure. Um, so, <clears throat> so <laughs> that was that was the whole point of it was the fact that there was no certification whatsoever. There was no law in place, and that's fine. You know, it's like okay, new format, new way of watching things. You do want to protect, obviously, the well-being of the children because they always come back to the children with this. And you know, I get it. You know, you've got to regulate things. I'm, I'm all for regulation. In no way am I a Republican. Uh, no, um, I, I, I say regulate a lot. Somebody needs to be held accountable. Um, but ultimately, when I'm saying they went after people's livelihoods, they started a uh, a court of public opinion campaign which ended up uh, in the, the Daily Record, uh, one of the tabloids in, in Britain. And it was, it was uh, I can't remember the guy's name, actually. It's totally escaped me just now. But it was the guy that started the column in, in the Daily Record that actually coined the phrase video nasties. And... Uh, we should... Uh, I say, Daily Record is like Gla- a Glasgow-based newspaper. It is, yeah. Yeah, Okay. I want to say real quickly that I, I Google image searched Mary Whitehouse. Just, you know, it's nice if your villain has a, has a picture in your head. Yeah. And the photo that Wikipedia has chosen for her is... Dead eyes. Is exactly what you w- want to picture. She looks like she's wagging a finger at you. Yeah. She just looks disappointed. She is very disappointed in all of your life choices, and she's going to tell you at every family get together. Yeah. That is, it's like, it's like if a human being was made of starch. Do you know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> that's basically that's basically. Yeah. I just want to equip our our viewers with that image of starch personified and very much a finger wagger. With honestly, I'm almost jealous at the thickness of these glasses glasses you, you know what you know when like some people um um have a uh, an intolerance to things like dairy you know for example you know it's like, oh, she's intolerant to everything she is serving surly school marm energy to the nth degree yeah i i, I mean she is just a walking caricature i don't want to ju- like you can't judge a book by its cover and you apparently very much can't choose judge a vhs by its cover but i'm gonna go out on a limb and say you can judge mary whitehouse by her cover yeah um yeah so the the campaign that they went on uh ended up gathering quite a lot of public support because it was like evil evil films think of the children and uh, you know they 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 ended up drafting a, a, a list of 72 films. Now, I think initially they started off around about the uh, like low 50s, but then it ended up on 72. And these were titles that were targeted and banned. And because there was no video recordings, like I said, what, what did they do? They started raiding video stores. The police started raiding video stores. And they started taking the titles off the shelves they started taking all the stock from these people's livelihoods from their stores that they put their savings into they started trying to um uh prosecute these fucking video store owners these poor people that were just video store owners with uh the obscene publications act uh 1959 the obscene publications act came into effect and then it was 
amended in the early 70s, I think it was. But they, they, they knew they could bend this to fit, you know, to fit their narrative. And, um, and it was just, it was such a horrible, evil, vindictive fucking play to make because you don't like the look of some of these titles. And that's really what it came down to because they'd never actually seen any of the films. Mary Whitehouse, of course. I, I, I would never watch anything like that. Well, how the fuck do you know what you're talking about then? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, somebody had to have watched it in order to classify it and in order yeah. to like determine that it was unsuitable. James yeah. James uh, Fairman. He was um, he was kind of like the head of the BBFC uh, between. Uh, uh, 75 and 99 he retired in and this guy was this was an American um, guy actually he was a director of theatre and television but he never he, he never reached the heights he wasn't supposed to you know um, so he uh, <laughs> he ended up being just a, 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 a mediocre uh, kind of guy with a little bit of authority and when he finally ends up in the, the BBFC, of course, he had a huge amount of authority. And um, because he was, I, I mean, I always kind of like, having read into the, the history of this, I mean, I always kind of saw the guy as being a little bit of a a, a, a bitter bastard. Uh, and I shit you not, he, he ended up with a lot of films, not just the video nasties, but other films that would be classified and, uh, and, and censored, sorry. He would, he would re-edit these films he would he would be the one sitting in the editing suite cutting someone else's fucking art and like i i, I remember when i found that out, i was just like i would i would have fucking punched this guy like i would have i would have laid him flat touch me you know what put a fucking 18 certificate on it i don't give a shit <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah he uh he had a lot to do with this as well up up uh at this stage because obviously he was um classifying or censoring um, uh, films at the cinema and some of these films had a, a crossover as well so he was he for example the evil dead he ended up cutting about two minutes out of that um, which never went back into the uh, official release of it until about 2001 um, and that's obviously after he'd left the position there was a guy called Robin uh, Duval who ended up in his position once uh, uh, Fairman retired and he he relaxed everything. Like everything started to get relaxed. All these band titles started getting to re-release. Things like Last House on the Left, which you, you know, like Wes Craven. I've always found Wes Craven to be a a bit overrated. But I've I've never created a, a slasher icon, so I can't really say. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, yeah, I, John. I, yeah, well. <laughs> Couple of good films, Wes. You know, a couple of good films, but um, <laughs> but uh, but Last House on the Left is just a, a it's a tour de force of uh, shite. Um, like <laughs> it, it, it is it is genuine garbage. Uh, the sound quality. I mean, obviously he's you know a younger filmmaker at the time, but he, he, when you when you look at this film, it's like a lot of what you are being told oh my god this film's horrendously terrifying the poster says just keep telling yourself it's only a movie just keep telling yourself it's only a movie that was repeated on the poster so many times because people were saying that they were fainting in the cinema i remember watching it for the first time and thinking 
did, did no one think to like turn the fucking boom on because you have had no audio for the past 10 minutes <laughs> and in order to get around that you've put a, a like some kind of shit kicking hillbilly music you know like it, it, it's it's just let's move on um <laughs> I have a question. I have a question. Yeah, so this, go, so this, uh, this guy who was re-editing things, yeah. was he? So, uh, I mean, look, we br- brought upon ourselves by the Puritans. Uh, the Americans are a bit prudish uh, by nature, and so the I always find myself whenever I'm not in America reminded that not every radio station edits fucking every piece of bad language out of a song um so was he just editing things that were visually extreme or like considered like gross or too much uh out or was he also changing dialogue because if so i want i just want to know if he's who i get to thank for the there's a censorship there's a censored line in the exorcist, which would have been coming out around the same time. But the original line is your mother sucks cocks in hell. And the censored line is your mother sews socks that smell. And I just want to know who I have to thank for that. Potentially James, uh, Fairman. Yeah. He, he gets that, that would have been, uh, the exorcist was definitely on his, uh, chopping block. Uh, I, I've never seen that version. That's a TV version in America. If they 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 make a they, it's like don't play it on TV if you're gonna ruin half the dialogue by just yeah. just jump jump the scene. I mean, like I, I, even even a television friendly. Ver- I mean, you don't really there, there isn't such a thing as a television friendly version of The Exorcist, surely. Right. Your your mother dance sews socks that smell sounds like a line that would should have been in Repossessed with Leslie Nielsen. Or I know, right? It's like, <laughs> wow, that's that's. I mean, you would literally stop in the room, regardless of the horrors that you're watching, and regardless of how fucking cold it is, and you can see your breath, and you'd be like, "Sorry, what? What? <laughs> so that that's the best the fucking devil can do? That's the best. You, that's the best they got." Your mum's so far. Oh no, you don't have a mum. You're a fallen angel. <laughs> <laughs> Just horrendous. That's unbelievable. But not surprising. Jumping in and pausing real quick for everyone's favorite game, Talking Scots. <laughs> for Adam's favorite game, and no one else's. No one else can have it as a favorite. This is talking. What is the game called? Talking, <laughs> talking Scots. It sounds like uh, it sounds like a revelation. Like sc- Scottish people can't talk, but there's a few. <laughs> there's a few that have mutated, and they can they can communicate like everyone else on the planet. Yeah, for a while it was just uh, guttural grunts and bagpipes, <laughs> and then very slowly they taught themselves. For centuries, the Scots managed to communicate through a series of farts <laughs> yeah. some long it was it was like the start of morse code you know that was and then they bridged up to bagpipes <laughs> this section of the show it's about um our guest john hitting us up with a scottish word and the americans here have to guess what it is yeah so we get to be the dumb dumb idiots the role we were born to play. <laughs> the role you, excuse me, the role you were born to play. 
want to clarify that over here. All right, fine. And, and let's just remember, I'm winning so far. The score it is doesn't one. count. Claire, Kathleen, Claire totally Natalie. gave us too much context. I uh, think I think you've got the name of this game wrong. I think it should be called "Do Americans Know Things." <laughs> oh, the answer to that is no. Uh, Define things. Yeah. <laughs> we're real good at making things go boom. <laughs> As always, we're joined, you've already heard her lovely voice by our producer, Kathleen, to help me out as uh, help you out. ignorant American. for yourself. Well, to help herself out mm. and at my expense uh, as the American fellow dream. ignorant. <laughs> yes. To climb over each other and grind the other one's <laughs> face into the mud. The American yep. dream. Uh, John, what is our word today? Um, very considered. Uh, I did give this thought, and um, the word uh, uh, of the day that Adam will probably have to give you a little bit of help with because uh, it's a tough one is drich. Oh, that's a good word. Drich. That's one of my favourite words, actually, in Scotland. It's one of my favourite words, actually, yeah. Yeah. Drich. To say. All right. Drich. Kathleen, do you want to make our first guess or do you want me? Without it in a sentence first? Yeah, we don't get it. We're... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go. You go first. Um, I'm gonna say that it's uh the, it's the sound that it's it's an onomatopoeia. It's the sound that your uh coat makes when you've been heavily rained on, and your arms kind of like gra- graze up against the side. And they kind of go like drink, drink, drink. Okay. Uh, that, okay. I, no, no, jump. Yep. Kathy. So this isn't fair because she's an improv actress. So like. But I'm it sounds gonna... German, and you took it German. Does sound... Well, it says it's Drich. Did you say? Did you say Drich? Drich. Yeah. Drich. Um, my other guess is that it is a a swig, a swig of alcohol. Just a well, nice... yeah. I was going with like drink if you want to go with the most obvious thing, but that it isn't. Um, I would Drich like, what like a like a brief like a like a like a brief trip like popping over to the shops or something like a little bit of a okay you're okay. gonna go on a little a little trip somewhere a little a short little drink okay little drink. well let's let's do I, I i mean if you don't mind john i can i can actually combine both those answers into like a sentence and put it in context adam i'm on the edge of my seat son so let's <laughs> i know let's let's i, do I could see yeah. you personal one bum cheek I, I am, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting uh, much like uh, there is a fire alarm about to go off, but I know it's about okay. to go off. I'm okay. ready. I'm popping out to the shops. I've got to wear my jacket because it's drich. Oh, it's chilly. Is it cold? Is it moist? Or da- it's, is it damp? Is it You're damp? You're close. You're getting cold. Is it, is it raining or Driz- drizzling? Is it drizzling? There you are. I got it first. No, we I said it, it at the same time. No, we did it. No, you did this little snappy thing with your no, hands. No, we said it at the same time. No, no. Also, I'm sure this could be played back. Yeah, yeah let's play it back. I, also, I was no, me. She's gonna edit it so it sounds like she said it first. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Oh, I got so excited. This is why I'm not allowed to play games either. Like I'm not allowed to play Risk because I got really violent when I lost Ukraine. I got really. I threw. Things. It's not even a strategic location. Whatever. Uh, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Talking <laughs> Scots, where we teach Scots to talk. Apparently. <laughs>
did this um, disproportionately kind of uh, did, did it affect Scottish um, like video stores like like local like Cherry Video and Lucky or whatever I mean did this did, do you know of any stories like that I, I don't know of anything specifically to Dundee but I do know that it was it was you know nation well nationwide four nationwide in, in Britain yeah. um, you know the video recordings act was was rolled out and it, and it affected all four nations mm-hmm. um, I would say that it was probably uh, more prevalent in in the south of England but uh-huh. it did it, it was the same you know it was up and down the country you know yeah. um, and it was up and down into Scotland um, but yeah I mean the the obscene publications act route that they went down they didn't just stop there with video store owners though they also um, they took the producers of the Evil Dead to court actually um, oh no it wasn't the producer sorry it was Palace Video it was it, one of these like small production companies or distribution companies um, they picked up uh, the Evil Dead and they they took it all the way to court but I, I mean that wasn't really I suppose it wasn't the first time that 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 had happened. There, there was a uh, there was a film that was on the seventy two list called Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, I'll, I'm I'm going to pronounce this guy's name wrong. I always do it. Um, Ruggiero Diodato, yeah, Ruggiero Diodato. Um, he was an Italian filmmaker and he he directed the Cannibal Holocaust. Have you have you ever seen it, guys? No, but it sounds the kind of video that would be covered by this legislation (laughs) it it was it was also the type of thing that you would want to say for instance feature on a date night um so (laughs) cannibal holocaust had some of the most horrific uh graphic gore visuals um one of the one of the actually you know good video nasties um sounds like a paradox but um it was so well made so well made it was about a group of documentarians that visit this um rural area um in like a rainforest and it's got like a, a indigenous tribe that i've never seen outsiders they, they, they all get fucking eaten you know um so <laughs> but the the effects the, the the special effects in that film were so fucking cool and so real that Ruggiero ends up in court and literally was facing murder charges because they thought the actors had been fucking killed like 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 and this was like this was like late 70s now try and picture a world where no mobile phones no emails no facebook no like the actors were on such a pittance for the small horror production they scarper they're all over the fucking planet at this point he had to physically produce them in the court be like <laughs> i did not murder this person <laughs> exactly so yeah i mean it was a period of of mass confusion and um and he's like she had a catering budget for fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> why would we eat them <laughs> It's just a story. <laughs> this just seems like a tremendous waste of uh, of tax dollars. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? The good thing was time was on his side. Obviously, it was an Italian court, so it went really slowly. Ah, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that wasn't the first time that it ended up in court. But um, Graham, Graham Bright, the MP that, that Mary Whitehouse 
found uh, are, are shining night in for this uh, private members bill, which became the Video Recordings Act. There's, there's actually video footage of him being interviewed with regards to research that was being done um, into nasties and how it affects children. And he's sitting there, and I, 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 I'm, I, I don't think I'm paraphrasing. I think I've got this pretty much committed to memory. He says, I, I think uh, the, the uh, research will show just how detrimental this is to uh, children uh, when it's released. And not only children, but dogs as well. I, I, you know, it's like leave it to a Tory to s systematically um, deflate his own argument in a fucking sentence. You know, like <laughs> I, I, I just I can I, I can't. I'd love to talk to Graham. I'd love to talk to Graham Bright and be like, so "What did you mean?" Come yeah, on. when you said dogs as well, I mean, <laughs> well, this is this is what this is. We're in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, this would have been like 1983. So maybe he just really had been following the David Berkowitz trial, the son of Sam murders, and he blames a dog controlling him to commit these murders. And he's like, dogs are really impressionable, and people are really impressionable to dogs and will do their bidding. Wouldn't be so, surprised. Look, I, I'm happy to give him an out, even though he doesn't deserve it. And I, I would say, I would say it's probably more... It's more so the fact he's like, I, I've, I've, I've been worried for some uh, time that uh, dogs are being left in the house to watch Cujo. And uh, <laughs> this uh, this is just going to result in a massacre, a massacre on uh, 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 dog-like proportions. Um, <laughs> sorry. We, we trust them too much. We trust <laughs> the dogs too much. <laughs> we give them too much free reign, don't we? Um so yeah, that's uh, th that was one of the most ridiculous kind of points within the actual history of the video nasties. Hi, it's time to make fun of me. Uh, it's the <laughs> segment where I, you know, we're here to learn things. I'm specifically here to learn a Scottish accent. It is not yeah. in my repertoire. I mean, like, 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 think about it like that. This is just your arsenal. This is building up Don't your arsenal. Don't talk about my arsenal. This <laughs> <laughs> is only, this is where, this podcast is young. The people aren't ready for this. Nat, how's your Scottish accent going? Oh, it's, it's going. Tepid? <laughs> tepid is how it's going. That's better than than last week no i don't make those promises kathleen is here <laughs> to tell me what my line is uh yes uh this week we will be doing a quote from the infamous 12th night adaptation from 2006 the one of our top favorite films of all time she's the man and the quote is inside every girl there's a boy inside every girl there's a boy. That wasn't horrible. Because I got the girl right. Because yeah. I barely tongue tapped. Because as we've established, I can't roll my R's. Well, I, again, we've also established we don't roll our R's either. Well, but I can't do anything. <laughs> she had a speech impediment when she was younger. Like, she's not just completely impotent. John, have I disappointed you and lost all of your respect that I've garnered over this recording? No, no, no. You never really garnered any. Um, <laughs> you, know, it's, uh, you know, we're pretty much still on baseline. It's fine. Um, but... 
I'm sorry to presume. I'm sorry to presume. Ultimately, I have to say that when I I, I wasn't really listening, I, I don't. I, I don't mean that as an offensive thing to say. I I, I was I was still giving <laughs> she's the man. <laughs> like you were still reeling from remember how amazing. Yeah, you were remembering in your head. You were rewatching the whole cinematic masterpiece in your mind's eye. If I if I'd seen the film, absolutely, maybe that's what oh, I would be doing. You're missing oh, out. Uh, mm, am I? Yeah. yeah actually, you're genuine. Genuine. You are. <laughs> it's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest though. Can I? Can I be honest? I thought that was that was much better than last week. It was. Well, wow. anything was. So the trick is to not think about it and not just to... say yeah. it. Just go yeah. for it. I have no frame of reference. <clears throat> it was real bad. Oh. It was. Uh, it was real bad last time. Um, well, I no, was it... here. I was here last week, and I think that was much better. <laughs> so the so the the takeaway here is um, she can improve if she doesn't think, uh, and also she's the man is a great movie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. This has been another episode, uh, another segment of Natalie pr- tries to be Scottish and fails slightly less than last time. Yep. Driller Killer was uh, about this guy that an artist. You know, I'm, I'm kind of simplifying it here, but he goes on a fucking murderous rampage with his neighbors, and he's got this drill, um, and it's like if you can imagine like a battery pack for a drill these days, it's quite a chunky bastard. This thing had a fucking tool belt with loads of little batteries in it and a and a wire connecting it. He's like, hey, I'm a driller killer. So, <laughs> so like. When when the drills like going into the guy's head initially the first one it's like it's so bad the I mean it's the consistency of the blood the special effects makeup it looks like um, food dye's been put into scotch broth soup it's fucking ridiculous you know um, highly unbelievable you you have to suspend disbelief in order to fucking stay with it and I was drunk the first time I watched it. It'll still somehow get me in a jump scare, though. <laughs> oh, fuck! Drill! It's in the title! I didn't think he was going to pull it out then. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Any sudden movement. Yeah. I'm like a cat. <laughs> like, no one put a pickle next to her. Um, so... <laughs> For a variety of reasons. Mostly I'll just eat it. <laughs> like, nice snack. It scared me at first, but... Now it's tasty. <laughs> but when you um when you compare when you compare that level of filmmaking or that poor quality of filmmaking to something like Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? So this like Raiders of the Lost Ark came out round about the same time as Driller Killer and it had a fucking PG certification. A PG certification. And the fucking guy's face melts off. Like that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> like the, 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 the Gestapo fucking Nazi yeah. guy, yeah, he's like, ah you know, his face melts off. <laughs> How the fuck is that a PG? Parental guidance. <laughs> Fucking police intervention. You know. That was because it, it came from a legit studio though, John. Ah, shit. Sorry, I knew I was doing something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, I just, I just see the, 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 the fact when you were talking about like the censorship or the cutting that goes into it at that, that point in particular it, it, it was the opinions that were the problem you know they, yeah. they, there was one opinion 
and it was the far right. There was nothing else on the spectrum. Therefore, you've got people saying, well, that's just horrendous, and that's disgusting, and that's... It's like, if I was there, I would be like, it's not horrendous, it's fucking horrendously bad. (laughs) Nobody's going to go on a murder rampage because of this shit. They might ask for their money back. That's it. No. They might swing by, like, a Home Depot and pick up a new drill. (laughs) It's just a a 90-minute ad for a new drill. I need a new drill. Yeah. Yeah. Got to pick up some new bits for my drill. Maybe a backup battery. I'm going to ever go on a rampage. I know. I I like the look of that guy's utility belt. Fuck. (laughs) He's got about nine batteries. (laughs) Those are expensive. This guy is making bank. He's doing very well for himself. I so I I looked up uh, I looked up video nasty because I wanted to confirm whether or not I was like is this basically is like similar to like an exploitation film or like just a B horror film? Yeah, exploitation is um, definitely the way to describe the vast majority of them. Yeah, yeah, like similar to like a, like a grindhouse film. Mm, uh, yeah, and then and and so I just wanted to like make sure that I had my American analog correct. But I found this little nugget that I feel like perfectly sums up how arbitrary and just like, it doesn't matter, it's just this one person's opinion. And I found this, it's just on the Wikipedia, and it just says, titles seized appear to be completely arbitrary. One raid famously netting a copy of the Dolly Parton musical, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, under the mistaken belief it was pornographic. And that just thrilled me to bits that wasn't that wasn't the last time that happened with titles actually um they actually seized a fuck ton of copies of apocalypse now why because for some reason a lot of the coppers got it in their head that it sounded very much like cannibal holocaust so poor poor apocalypse now's like banned you know like and and ironically enough on all these copies, Marlon Brando's sitting saying the horror or oh, the horror, you know, like it's it's just ridiculous. But that but that's because they didn't know what they were doing, they didn't know what they were talking about, and that filtered right down into the raids for the video stores. Mm-hmm. You know, if, they, if, if the intelligent the intelligence would be skewed. Oh god yeah. And totally yeah. wrong. I actually I wrote my dissertation on the video nasties when I was in university and um I got in touch with uh a few of the MPs around about the time. Strangely enough, I couldn't get any reply from Graham Bright. Um, Can't imagine why. I, I don't know. I mean, I did word my email with a lot of fucks, but... Um, <laughs> but I think... Uh, didn't make it past his censorship filter no. on his email. <laughs> yeah, by the time it was cut down, it was like, hi. <laughs> He's like, delete. <laughs> But um, I did get a reply back from one MP who uh, who voted for the bill and was attached. I can't remember his name, but his his response was beautiful. He said, uh, the bill has passed. Uh, I no longer wish to return to this subject. That was it. That was it. It's like the bill has passed. It's like it's fuck- it passed in 1984, motherfucker. Like, it's like, <laughs> this is like fucking 2009, guy. I know it's You're allowed to have a comment. Yeah, I know it's past, man. What did you think about the fucking Second World War? Oh, it's past. <laughs> I'd rather not. I'd rather not return to this subject. <laughs> I mean, it's fascinating that this this episode. I mean, I know it's like you know shared history under the kilt, but it's it's it's. But it is still fascinating because it's bonkers, and how um, it did affect um, 
local and uh, you know independent video shops just because no one it seemed it seemed that no one really knew what they were talking about with regards to what was what what should have been underneath the umbrella of this legislation um, well that, that's it i mean they um they they jumped on it as you know right wing conservatives in in britain tend to do without knowing anything about it and the th- and the, the funny thing is i kind of feel like they left it not knowing anything about it you know they 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 just rallied the angry mob that's all they're good for um they just yeah. they just found a, a large volume of wall punchers and you know they they, they got behind them and like think of the children the thing is i've got no problem with the fact that the video recordings act had to happen you know yeah. it's just the way that it was actually handled as as everything yeah totally i think uh one, one of the things that i i found out with regards to you know like the the certification for example in america is is kind of similar but it, it goes through a much more long drawn out process as far as i'm aware uh for classification of uh of, of film but one of the one of the best stories was um trey parker and matt stone when they submitted team america oh yeah for yeah. uh for certification and it ended up I think it was it would have been an R rating, but what they what they submitted was um, a, a a version of the film that had the 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 puppet sex scene, but in addition to what was eventually released theatrically, it was like the puppets were shitting on one another and and like I, I it was it was so fucking horrendous and and when they came back they were like oh you're gonna have to cut that Jesus God boys come on. And they were like, "Oh fuck, really? No, oh, that's you're fucking with our art, man." And then they did cut it down, but they cut it down to what they actually wanted. They they went way over the top in order to get what they actually wanted in the film. Now, I I I, I smiled and then ended up laughing for about ten minutes when I read that because I thought, "You censorship fucks just got fucked." <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish I kind of wish that the video nasties had done that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just gone way over the top, like, way, like more. I th- I think in America it's like if you say, I, this is something that I enjoy whenever I see a, a movie that is rated PG thirteen, and I'm like, oh wow, they got this. I I can for marketing reasons I know why they got this to PG thirteen, but like, I'm impressed based on like what I know the subject matter is, and that's if you you can only you can only have one fuck. I think in a PG thirteen rated movie, if there's the the word or the act. Yes, <laughs> the answer to both. Is yes. <laughs> the word, the word. Uh, you can only you can only say fuck once uh, in a PG thirteen movie. If you say fuck twice, uh, or ostensibly if you say any other sexually derived swear words, uh, you're gonna go you're going to be rated R. And so sometimes it's really fun to watch a movie that's rated PG-13 in America and see where they spent their fuck. <laughs> like how they choose to use right, their, boys. their fuck. Guys, we need to maximize our fuck, okay? Where's it, where can we use it? It's got the, the most weight. I want optimum fuck on this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's really fun to see, like, where did you choose to invest your fuck? <laughs> How did you? <laughs> Most of the time, they like they say that yeah. 
like and it's funny because if it is like an action movie or like a horror movie to see all the times that you're like oh they wanted to slip a fuck in there but they very purposefully did not because they're saving up their fuck for the maximum impact do you you think when it it, where it was written before you could do that whole oh and then it would cut to another scene you can't as long as you don't say it as long as you don't say it um the thing that like basically the rating that i think is worse than an r that i never even i feel like i never even see this rating is an nc-17 nc-17 yeah yeah nc-17 was created in 1990 just like me to replace the x rating there you go so i replaced the x rating (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm taking away from this it makes me want to look at like what else was going on politically in Scotland at that same and in Britain at that same moment so that that this was the this was the this was like the shiny object that we were waving to distract you from the thing that we don't want you to focus on or that we really like would be really inconvenient if we like fixed this other problem or acknowledged its existence so let's dangle this carrot instead and look we're making headway on this one you've totally nailed it there because it was the the years of Thatcher and it was the minor strike that was happening at the time yeah, well, there you go. Pay no attention to the men dying in the mines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a man with a drill and a lot of batteries. <laughs> <running around. laughs> really, really badly scripted film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the real crime against humanity. <laughs> yeah. I think we're on to something, guys. This notion of ignorance, it, it's, it's pissed me off to the point where it's like, you can't claim ignorance for everything. You know, and you can't, you can't, I've got relatives that are like, you know, they'll, they'll say something that's, it's fucking racist. It just is. Um, they don't mean to be racist. They were raised in a time where it's like, oh, that word was just acceptable. And it's like, well, it's not now. You you can't, you can't go through life claiming ignorance. You have to check yourself, educate yourself and fucking acknowledge you were wrong. Yeah. And it probably wasn't then. It's just that no, like the people that you were surrounded with weren't. Exactly. were not equipped didn't know better yeah and weren't engaging with people outside of their own race enough to know better exactly so it's it's like the the the, the excuse of ignorance it's like it doesn't fly yeah. it doesn't fly with me anymore you no. know i I'm, I'm so sick of it ignorance has led to so many bad decisions already in the last six fucking years in this country <laughs> you know like I, I can't i can't abide it the way that I say it, like ignorance is self-imposed. It's a bubble. Like you're, like you have at the, with the access to information exactly. and other human beings. Like it is a choice to remain that ignorant, and it is a choice to re- to be so like non-empathetic or yeah human. Well, history is political. The way that we learn it is deeply political. The way that it is. Especially, especially if we would go to like a public school, uh, the way I mean, in private school, you know, you know what? No matter where, no matter where you learn history, school. Somebody has approved. Somebody has approved of that that text, and uh, somebody has censored that text. See, look at how I'm just like bringing things back. It's nice. nice I like the connections here, but that's 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 when people, you know, when people say things like, um, "Oh, not everything's political." That really gets my. It's like everything's political. Not everything's party political. You fucking prick. You know, like it's. Sorry, I'm very angry. 
oh i just thought you were scottish i didn't <laughs> i wasn't reading anger into it it's funny i was i was in england uh about 10 years ago at my friend's wedding i was best man and uh it was in nottingham and uh and i and i got up to do the speech only to find out that there was no microphone there was no speaker system and i was like oh for fuck's sake and the room was huge so i i, I was like hi i'm john best man listen i there's no mic i'm not angry i'm just scottish <laughs> and i'm now scottish and loud <laughs> do not panic i am not here to fucking in claim freedom <laughs> <laughs> Well, John, listen, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. That's all right. Thank you very much for having me. I've had a lot of fun. You can find, uh, you can find John on social media at, do you want to plug any of your accounts or would you rather people leave you the fuck alone? <laughs> I think that uh, obviously the latter is the uh, preferred <laughs> Without <choice>. being rude. <laughs> Without being rude. You know, I, I don't fucking know you. I, you know, I, I... <laughs> That's fair enough. You know what, we're, um, uh, yeah, you can, you can find me on social media, um, and, you know, like, uh, my, my production company that I am actually winding down at the moment, because I'm just about to start a new venture with, uh, Mr. Mark Amara, mm. uh, the, uh, production company that I've had for 10 years called Flyboy, and you can see lots of cool stuff online, lots of cool music videos and films and stuff, and, mm. Is that a website, Flyboy? Or no, I've took, I've actually taken the website down because I am actually winding the company to a to a grinding halt because yeah. I'm too busy with you, Mr. McNamara. <laughs> that makes two of us. Yeah. So you can find those online, but you're gonna have to look for them. You don't have to look you're for gonna, them. Make the fucking use your internet sleuthing. Make the fucking effort. You know, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you want something, make an effort for it. Yeah. You can find uh, us on the social media at under the kilt pod on both instagram and twitter we'll post uh some relevant visual aids i'm sure for this episode if uh you i have have any questions or want to follow up about something that you learned or want to shoot us a note and tell us that you love us so um both adam and i are actors and we require constant positive reinforcement you can send that to underthekiltpod at gmail.com. One of us will read it. I can't tell you who. It's a secret. So until the next time, stay breezy. This episode of Under the Kilt was edited and produced by Kathleen Mueller-Mason. Original theme by Tyler Collins, a.k.a. Two Meter Man, Additional music by Gareth Spin. Original art by Sarah Cruz. Thank you again to our guest John Fairfield and to the girls at Shared History. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.